0: Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life, so we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video. Online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message.
1: Are we ready to praise? All right, let's do it. Come on.
2: ever been in a place where all you need to do was just drop to your knees and lift your hands? And that's all you had? That's literally all you had. You had nothing to give. You didn't know where you stood. You didn't know if tomorrow was gonna be okay. And all you had was your knees to get down on and your hands to lift up to the one who knew it all. Amen? Anybody, guys, show me, show me some hands. This song that we're gonna sing, it's Defender. You guys know this song, we love this song. This is a battle cry song. And there's a part in this song and it says, all I did was praise and all I did was worship and all I did was sit still and wait on the Lord. So since we have recognized that we've all been in the place where that's all we had, then when we sing this song and the songs to follow, let's really sing these songs. They are not just words, there is power. There is a relinquishing of control to the one who knows and the one who can and the one who will. So let's hand it over to him this morning and just everything in you, everything in you, pour out your worship to him. They're not just words, they're not just a song. We are making a way, we are laying a foundation for him to come and do what he is going to do as we sing these worship songs. Can we do that together this morning? And please know it's not because we need a room full of people singing as loud as they can, it's because we need a savior to drop down into this place and do what only he can do.
1: mountains and mountains are still being moved. Come on.
3: God, we thank you that that you still move, that you're not done moving, God, where there's been plenty of times this year where we felt like we were alone and that you weren't moving on our behalf. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us. Holy Spirit, where, where there's those of us in the room who are feeling like we need a move, we need a miracle. God, I pray that you would show us in our past where you've been throughout this year, God, throughout this tough season. And I pray that you would reveal to us that hindsight is twenty twenty, and that we can see where you've moved in the past. We can see where you've been there by our side. And that if we're still in need of a miracle, it means that you're still moving and that you're not done yet. Lord, we declare that dry bones will come to life, that this year will finish strong and we will see you move again. Holy Spirit, I pray over every person in this room that they would experience the miracle that they need, God. That 2020 would end strong for every person in this room. And God, most importantly, we ask for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we love you so much. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, church family, go ahead and show yourself friend. Show yourselves friendly, give some air fives, some elbows, whatever you're comfortable with. Thank you for joining us here in the room as well as online. We want to say thank you for choosing to spend your Sunday with us. Um, It's so amazing to see how God is moving in our community and in our church body. And and we're just so grateful that we still have a place to gather. We can still be a part of a church family here. Um, God is still moving in Fellowship Church. And one of the ways he's moving in a mighty, mighty way is through our Angel Tree Giving Program. So let's check out this video.
4: Good morning, church family. I'm here with Becca Ely from Ariel Clinical Services. So I wanted to invite Becca here to talk a little bit about foster care here in our community. Becca, how many children are in foster care in Mesa County?
5: In the hundreds. At Ariel alone, we have over 200 kids, and then Mesa County has some of their own homes in addition to those. That's
4: huge. What do you think are some of the biggest needs that kids have in foster care?
5: Everything. A family um, is the biggest need, just a safe place. And that's the biggest thing coming in. Um, that coming into foster care, you've lost um, just so much. I mean, you're oftentimes your family, your community, um, your school, sometimes even your siblings and different things. And so really, you know, day one, we're looking for just kind of safety, a safe place to bring them. And it's very cool that we have over 80 families right now um, that are safe homes that I can call middle of the day, middle of the night um, to be able to put kids in.
4: So every year our church family gets involved in giving foster care kids uh, gifts for Christmas. And can you just share with the church family what do these gifts mean to the foster parents and mean to the kids?
5: Oh, it's a hard one. It's impossible to put it into words, what it means to our family and kids. Um, Our kids, well, our society saturates you Christmas time with these images of, you know, the perfect family. And, um, very overt messages about kind of who you are. And I've had, you know, a little boy come and tell me that, you know, he's naughty. And when I explored that with him, um, told me that, well, Santa's never come to his house before. And, You know, it doesn't know if he even believes in that. And so these gifts, you know, they can be hope for our kids. They can be a sense of normalcy, Um, just something else that they can go back and actually share with their peers that they got something too and be part of that conversation, Um, as well as bring a little bit of magic to these kids' lives. And it relieves a lot of stress for our families. Our families, you know, come from all different backgrounds and a lot of them can't afford to give the kids the Christmas that they want to. And this lets them do that and be a part of it, which is so cool.
4: So church family, thank you so much for participating in the Angel Tree program again this year, eight years in a row. We got to cover all the kids in foster care here through Area Clinical Services. Thank you so much for your
5: giving and for bringing these gifts in for the kids. Thank you so much. It makes just a huge difference for our family and our kids. We love it.
3: Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? We've been doing that for eight years, and every year, every angel gets adopted. It gets knocked out of the park. And, and Fellowship Church, you are just so generous. We, we want to say thank you. And, and if you still want to get involved with our Angel Tree program, we still have plenty of angels left in the lobby, but today is the last day to adopt an angel. So if it's been pulling at your heart and you want to get involved, make sure you do it today. And, and all angels that aren't adopted today, they're going to be put up on our Facebook page. And so if you're at home viewing with us, you can still participate that way. Um, get a hold of us on Facebook when those images go up. Um, All of the gifts are due next week as well, and they need to be in a gift bag. So again, thank you so much for blessing those in our community that are less fortunate. Fellowship Church, you have such an awesome culture of giving. You're so generous. And as we continue with worship and the giving of tithes and offerings, I just wanna personally say thank you to you for for giving all the time. We've seen so many instances in this year where families have been blessed with a Thanksgiving meal or or just a random person comes in and gives money for a a family that's in need or the food driver, angel tree, whatever it is, you guys give over and above. And we are so grateful. It's, It's such an awesome place to be, to be in a culture of generosity. So as you get ready to give, we're not going to pass buckets or anything like that, but we have drop boxes in the lobby as well as all of our online giving options are going to be on the side screen as well as your screen. Um, I I just want to say thank you. And I want to pray a prayer of financial blessing over you. So if everybody could close their eyes and bow their heads, and if you're in need of a blessing financially this year, would you please put your hand up? Lord God. We love you and we thank you. We thank you that you are the God of abundance and that you give over and above. God, I pray where people are in need, God, that you would meet their needs, not just what they need, the bare minimum. But God, blow their mind this giving season. And and Lord, where people are challenged by giving in this season, God, I pray that you would help them to put you to the test. in this This is the one place in scripture you say, put me to the test. So Lord, I pray that people would be bold and faithful and that they would give knowing that you are a faithful giver back. God, I pray that you would bless every person who can hear my voice right now with a financial blessing that that just makes this year so, so awesome. And, and this giving season feel so much better. God, we love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray pray. Amen. Just a couple of quick announcements for you, Fellowship Church. Coming up December 10th, we're gonna have our Life Group Leader Night. That's um, gonna be here at the church at 6 p.m. There will be childcare and dinner provided. So if you feel like God is calling you to be a life group leader, or you're already serving in that capacity, this night is for you. So please check out that event on the Church Center app in the events tab. Pastor Will's gonna pour into you guys, give you the resources you need to feel confident in leading a life group and kind of cast the vision and show what, what that's all about. Um, so if you feel like that's something you want to be a part of, make sure you sign up on the Church Center app. And finally, we have our Christmas Eve invite cards. So these are out at the information counter. So if you feel like you've got somebody in your life that you don't really know how to approach the idea of inviting them to church, pick up one of these. They're wallet size. You can carry it around with you. Um, You can leave it at the gas pump, the grocery station line, whatever. Um, They're just so easy to carry around. So make sure you check this out. Our services are 3 and 5 p.m. this year. And so grab a couple of these, invite somebody. We'd love to have them here. Well, church family, we're going to continue to worship now with one last song.
6: This is my prayer in the harvest when favor and providence flow. I know I feel to be emptied again. The seed I've received, I will sow.
7: Yeah, if you believe that our God deserves praise no matter what season you're in, let's give him a loud shout of praise today. I wanna start off talking to you right now. You may take a seat. I wanna start off talking to anyone who has found yourself in a difficult season. And I'm not just talking about COVID, right? I'm not just talking about 2020 because, man, we blame everything on COVID and everything on 2020, it's like, man, why do the Rockies always lose? Because of COVID, right? Like, why do, it's always what we blame it on. But I, I don't wanna just sit here and focus on it. Is it relevant? Is it what we're dealing with in our culture? Yeah, so we're gonna talk about it some. But I wanna speak to people today who are going through seasons of difficulty and going through seasons of pain and uncertainty. And I know that there are many of you listening online right now or you're listening in your car driving down the road later and I, I just wanna encourage you, this word is for every person that is hearing it right now, every person hearing it at a later time, every person, if you have a friend who forwarded this to you to listen to it, this word is for you. And I get excited about the word of God because the word of God is for change. Like, you recognize when we come together and we do church and I get up here and talk, this isn't just like supposed to be some cute presentation. Like, I'm not all that interesting, <laughs> you know? It, 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 like, this is not about just gaining more information. In fact, Amelie and I have been talking about the fact that, that what we need in our lives is not more information. When you go through pain, you know what people want to give you? They want to give you more information. When you, when you go through a struggle, people wanna give you more information, you need to read this book. You know what my aunt told me? And you know what I said? We need information, information. But what we believe about the word of God is the word of God says the word of God will not return to him void. It does not change and it does not come back to him without accomplishing his, his purpose. Therefore, what we're doing here is not just about information, it's about transformation, And that's what we believe for each and every person listening today is that God wants to use his word, not Dan's words, not my opinions, not your great aunt's opinions, not what you're seeing on Facebook. He wants to change your life and transform your life with his word. So if you are excited to get into his word today, give me a hey, because this is good news I'm about to give you. This is really good news. I want to start reading here. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. And uh, I know that there's a verse that, that so many of you recognize that we're going to get to here in a little bit. You might have it posted somewhere in your house, it might be, it might be framed somewhere in your office. But, but there's a lot of context that takes place where Jeremiah is speaking. He's the prophet, so God's speaking to one man in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he can speak to all of us, but he chose in the Old Testament to speak to a prophet, and the prophet would then relay God's word to his people. And we see here, starting in verse 10, this is what God says to his people. He says, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years, how many years? That's a long time. After, well, some of you are in your 80s and you're like, that ain't so so long, I'm still here. After 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good works towards you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts. Many of you have different translations of this in the NLT, the ESV. I know the plans I have for you. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Man, isn't that a good text? Isn't that a comforting text? I, I, I read this text in something that comes to my mind that I wanna speak to you about, not just today, but uh, this week and next Sunday. So this is one sermon that's gonna take place over two weeks, because I don't trust myself in order to be able to get it done in one week. So instead of keeping you here until three o'clock this afternoon, we're just gonna break it up. Sound good? Yeah. Then you can go have lunch. So uh, I want to speak to you from the subject today. This changes Nothing this changes nothing. What is God telling his people in Jeremiah right here? He's saying this changes nothing. So turn to your neighbor right now, look him right in the eye and tell him this changes nothing. Now that neighbor that's sitting there with their arms crossed like I'm too cool to be involved in any of this, the word of God is active for you. So elbow that person, make him feel it and tell him this changes nothing. I want you to say it loud enough so the people listening at home can hear your voice. Say it with me right now. This changes nothing. In Jeremiah chapter 29, what we see here is the fact that we get to eavesdrop on a conversation that God is having with his people, the Israelites, and 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 he's he's telling them some stuff that is relevant to their lives and I believe is relevant to your life and to mine today. This isn't just for thousands of years ago. This is for you and I today. And contextually, what's taking place is the children of God have just gone through the catastrophe of losing a a battle with Babylon and coming into Babylon captivity. So... They were free, things were good, things were like, things were going the way they wanted them to go. Life was happening the way it wanted to happen. Then all of a sudden, something happened and now they're faced with a change in their life and it was caused by a defeat from the enemy. They suffered a defeat. So they're shocked by the fact that we're the children of God. We shouldn't be defeated, but here they are defeated. And in that being defeated, they found themselves being deported. And they were moved away from the land that they wanted to be in, from the homes that they were in, from the relationships that they were in, from the friendships they were in. They were moved away from that into a place that was held just for the captives of Babylon. So they went from being in the place where they wanted to be to now being in a place where they don't want to be. So now the children of Israel, the children of God, people who should be walking with hope, they find themselves filled with anxiety. They find themselves filled with stress. They find themselves filled with an uncertainty of, well, I I don't know what tomorrow looks like. I don't don't know how this is all gonna work out. I don't know when things are gonna change. And in the midst of this struggle, God gives the word to Jeremiah. And in, in, in the Israelites catch wind of it. Wait a minute, God spoke to the prophet. God has something to say. So they're, they're, they're seized by insecurity. They're, they're struggling. They're, they're, they're severed from the ones that they love the most. They're disrupted from the life that they had always known. They're unsure about how things are about to happen. And in the midst of this uncertainty, in this fear, in, this, in this, this struggle in their life, in the midst of their depression, in the midst of their anxiety, they say, wait a minute, wait a minute. We hear that that God gave a word to Jeremiah. God has something to say. And you can imagine their excitement and you can imagine their enthusiasm because God had something to say. And I don't know about you, but when I go through struggles, I wanna know, does God have something to say? When I'm feeling anxious, when I'm feeling worried, I wanna know, does God have something to say? When, when I expected my kids to to go a certain way and now they're in trouble, I wanna know, does God have something to say? When I expected my job to be there and then I got laid off, I wanna know, does God have something to say when my relationships were going good and now I'm struggling, I wanna know, does God have something to say when when I thought that everything was supposed to be and up until the right year for 2020 and then a pandemic hit and all this happens, does God have something to say so you can imagine with me Use your imaginations and imagine what the Israelites must have been like where they got together and they got excited. They're like, God has something to say. He, he still cares. He still wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to us right now about where we're at. He's going to fix this. This problem we've been seeing, these issues we've been dealing with, my relationship problems, my school problems, my homeschool problems, all of this that I'm dealing with, I want to know, he's going to say something so you can imagine they're on their edge of the seat. What is he going to say? What is he going to say? Only to hear God speak through his prophet Jeremiah, starting off with the words, You're going to be here a while. I want you to prepare to stay here a while. Oh, wait, what? No. But, Because I need this fixed now. Like, I need this fixed immediately. Aren't you God, can't you just do things? Can't you just snap your fingers or say the word or just think about it and make my circumstances change? Can't you just do something? I need you to fix this exponentially. I need it fixed now, God, fix it now. My kids are driving me nuts, God. My doors are about to close, God. Like my bank account is draining, God. I need these fixed now. And God says this. He says, hey, 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 guys, guys, I know that it's uncomfortable for you. I know that you're not where you want to be. I know that you feel defeated. I know that you feel like things aren't going the way you want them to do or want them to go. But I want you to hear something from me. I want you to prepare to stay a while. In fact, in earlier verses, he says, so he says this so much. He says, I want you to marry your kids off. I want you to start building houses. I want you to plan, plant gardens. I want you to, 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 to go on and continue to move and continue to grow. But God, circumstances aren't right right now. Things aren't going the way I want them to. Things aren't going the way you said that they would go. There's difficulty right now and he's saying, I want you to, to prepare to stay a while. Wait a minute, God, what are you actually saying to me? He's saying I don't want you to wait to live your life. I love you too much to to lie to you and to try to just hype you up and give you some rhetoric and and try to make you feel good because you're gonna be going through a circumstance and going through a season and that season doesn't define you and it doesn't define God and it doesn't define exactly what he he wants to do in you. So when you get into a season like this where you might go through difficulty for a while, he's saying, listen, I don't want you to sit around on your hands and wait to live life and wait to be happy again and wait to move forward on your dreams. I want you to go back to life. So plant some gardens and marry your kids off and start building homes and start dreaming again because you might be here for a while. And we listen to the news and we get frustrated. Amelie and I sit around listening to the news. I mean, who doesn't get frustrated when you listen to the news, right? But we get frustrated because everyone's like, oh, after the election, everything's gonna change. In 2021, everything's gonna change as if God is in heaven following our Gregorian calendar, right? (laughs) Like, oh, look at that. They're turning it over from December to January. I gotta change my agenda right now. It's like, we're waiting to live. And this is something that Amelie and I have spoken about this so much in our marriage that we've heard something, um, it was Bishop, Uh, T.D. Jakes has said for his entire ministry, he says, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times all at the same time. And I didn't understand that when I was 18 years old. And I I struggled to understand it in my 20s. I'm, I'm pushing 40 now and I still struggle to understand it, but I'm getting to a place where I start to recognize, and what we've talked about is the fact that you can be on the best vacation that you've ever had in your life, and you could have saved up for years to go on that vacation, and your kids could be laughing and smiling, and it could be the perfect moment, and the palm trees are blowing, and this warm air in your face, and it should be perfect, but there's a struggle going on at the same time where you're like, there's a difficulty I didn't expect. It's the best of times, and it's the worst at times. at the same time. That is what God is trying to tell us here is he's going, you expected things to go a certain way and they're not going that certain way. So don't sit down and stop and expect things to change in order for me to be able to give you a victory and do wonderful work in your life because I want you to go back to living because why is God speaking to his people this way and why is he speaking to us like that right now is because God is trying to reveal to us, he doesn't have to change it in order to be able to give you victory in it yeah that's good but that's what we pray oh god change it change the circumstance change my payroll change my kids change it god And see, God wants to show you that he's still God when the circumstance doesn't change. Do you know he can give you victory in the midst of a circumstance that is not what you want? Is there anyone in here can attest to the fact that, that man, things did not go the way I want, but in the midst of the darkest season of my life, he was still God, he still didn't move, he still changed me, he still showed up with me, and things didn't look the way I thought they would look, but what I found out was, is he was sitting right there with me, holding on to me throughout the whole thing. Man, that's God at work. The fact that I haven't lost my flipping mind this year is God at work in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of layoffs, in the midst of struggles, in the midst of loss, in the midst of so much pain, in the midst of trying to homeschool teenagers, hello, I am still Satan in the membrane. And I only have God to thank for that. And I recognize it was only him that held me together through those times. So so if you can attest to that, let's give him a shout. If you can attest to that, because Then you can start saying to the haters, you can't make me doubt him because I know too much about him. You can't make me doubt my God because circumstances look bad because I know he is still God in the midst of deserts, in the midst of difficult seasons, in the midst of seasons of defeat, in the midst of seasons of struggle, in the midst of seasons where my way didn't go the way I thought it would go. See, for the Israelites, that was Babylon. Babylon is something that every believer will go through. Well, what is Babylon? Because I'm not speaking, as like you might be in Babylon right now. I think many of us in this room are right now. That you're in a place you don't wanna be. Because uh, Babylon, I'm not speaking that you're there physically, I'm speaking that you're there metaphorically because Babylon represents, first off, number one, Babylon represents defeat. That, that every Christian, every follower of Christ will go through times where you experience some losses. That on the scoreboard, there's a big L there. That you, you tried and you failed. You wanted to win and you didn't. Is there, anyone, uh, let's just, is there anyone honest enough to say that you've had some losses in your life? You've had some losses? Now I'm not, I'm not just talking about the big stuff. I'm not talking about just losing a loved one or losing a, a job or losing like a, a dream or a business or something like that. I'm talking about on an everyday life, we experience losses as believers. Those times where, when God says, you feel that like on the inside? I know some of you don't know how God talks to you. and God talks to you sometimes where it's like you just, you're feeling this impression on the inside where he's saying, don't say that. Don't text that. And you took an L. You took the loss. You did it anyway, didn't you? Right? It felt good for a second. Now there's a big L on your scoreboard. Don't do that. I'm going to get up today and I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna make it through my day, and by the end of the day, you took the L. There are many of us in this room, you, you've dealt with temptations, you've dealt with addictions, and you're like, I'm gonna make it through this. I'm, I'm gonna to get to the end of this day without falling back on that, and you might have had some victories some days, but then if you were honest, you took an L. L. You, you fell, you went backwards, maybe you're facing setbacks, you, you, you took some losses in life, you, you took some defeat. And that, that defeat, can, it, that, that, that's a, a Babylon type season in your life where you're going through and experiencing seasons where you feel like you are just experiencing one defeat after another. I thought I had that thing conquered, but then here I am and, and I'm fighting the same thing again. Man, that's New Year's resolutions, isn't it? It's like some of you, you're already planning your New Year's resolution, this is what it's gonna look like, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy the spandex pants, I'm gonna get the treadmill, and I'm gonna lose the 50, I've been talking about losing for 30 years, I'm gonna do it. And then you took the L, and now the only thing that treadmill does is it's got a hanger full of spandex pants hanging off the edge of it. You're like, I should've bought a closet organizer, right? Why is there use of my money? It, you took an L. See, Babylon, could be a, it's a season of defeat, but it also represents a season of deportation. Because the children of God, they, they had their homeland, they had their friends, their family, their loved ones, what they were used to, their, their own fields, their own livestock. They had what they wanted, what they had, and they were deported from where they wanted to be to where they didn't want to be. And I know there are a lot of you here today that you would say you've experienced that yourself, that you've been deported. That you were once in a place of peace and now you've been deported to a place of anxiety. You were once in a place of, of joy and happiness and now you find yourself that uh, I've been deported. Now I'm struggling with depression, I'm struggling with sadness. Maybe for at some point, not, not a complete assuredness, but you had some sort of certainty of what your, your future would look like and now you feel like you've been deported. Now, now I don't know what my future is going to look like. I, I, I've been deported. I've been moved away. I've been severed away. You, you had relationships that you thought that were going to be there and they've turned their back on you and they've walked away from you. You've been deported from relationships that you thought were going to be there. Maybe you had health for a period of time in your life and now you feel deported from that and you've gotten a diagnosis and you feel sick and you're struggling to get out of bed. You're struggling on your day to day life but God uses these stories to say to you and me that just because you've taken some losses and just because you feel deported in certain seasons does not mean that the war is over. That you may have lost the battle, but you won't lose the war. That the fight is not over yet. And you've taken some losses, you've struggled, you've failed, you've come back to your corner bloody and hurt, and you know you lost the battle, but God's saying, I'm not through yet, I'm not done yet. If there's still breath in your lungs, the story is not over. And if it's not good yet, that means God's not done yet, because God has a plan for you. And we go, man, but I feel defeated, I feel deported, I feel like I've been pulled away from what I want, So what many of us deal with is we deal with struggling with the truth of what God wants to give us versus the rhetoric of what we wanna hear from other people. So after the Bible tells us that God is saying, I want you to prepare to stay a while. You're going to be here for a while. Why, why is he saying this? Because when I first hear this, I think it sounds insensitive. Why, why would you say that, that, that I'm going to be stuck here in this? And he, this is not an expression of his insensitivity or a lack of care. This is such an expression of love. as He's saying, I care so much that you live life. I care so much that you experience life in its fullness that I don't want you to wait to live. I want you to know the truth as opposed to hearing what people will try to tell you to make you feel better. Because you'll listen to people when you're hurting that'll give you rhetoric to try to pump you up, and that's what we never wanna do in our church services. I hope you leave here feeling encouraged because of the truth of the word of God, not because of some sort of rhetoric of going, everything's gonna be okay then, but you're you're cussing at your kids before you get to the car, and you're like, this doesn't make sense, it's not working to me, because there's still struggle in life, and God is saying, listen, I don't want you to listen to the lies of the enemy that would come in the form of encouragement encouragement, false comfort, comforting lies, however you want to say it. In fact, God was so serious about the children of Israel, about his people, about the followers of Christ being so full of the truth that he gave this warning to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 27. He's saying, I don't want you to listen to false prophets who are just gonna say comforting things to you to try to excite you emotionally and comfort you that are not true to my word. Therefore, what that'll do is that's gonna cause you to get blindsided later by the life that you are actually going to experience. I'd rather you be ready for it so you can be a conqueror and a victor in it He gives this warning in Jeremiah 27, 9. So do not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your interpreters of dreams, your mediums, your sorcerers who will tell you you will not serve the king of Babylon. They prophesy lies to you that will only serve to remove you fraud from your lands. I will banish you and you will perish. Sounds like a harsh statement, but what is God saying? He's saying I love you too much to tell you to not tell you to lay your anchor down because you're gonna be here a while and you're gonna have to learn how to live life uncomfortable. Are are you the type of people who can become comfortable being uncomfortable? Because if you're gonna follow Jesus, you know what that feels like? It's uncomfortable. (laughs) I mean, we, we all think roses, right? You you follow Jesus, you get saved, everything's going to be pretty, it's going to be wonderful, birds are going to sing every day, sunshine, 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 and your plants are still going to grow, even though it's just sunshine, but no, it's going to be times of uncomfort. He's saying, I love you enough to tell you, you need to lay your anchor down and you need to get ready to live, even in the midst of the fact that your struggle might take a while but here's where the story turns around. Cause I gotta tell you brothers and sisters, I gotta tell you my friends, I am so glad, I am so thankful that the word of God does not stop there. I am so thankful that the prophecy sent through Jeremiah does not stop in verse 10 where he says, Prepare to stay a while. Because the prophecy in Jeremiah continues on to something so very important that we've got to recognize God is saying, I'm not done talking yet. So, yeah, you got to struggle, but listen in because a lot of people they hear the struggle and they walk out, I'm done. It's too too difficulty, uh, too much difficulty, I'm done with this, I'm done with life, I'm done with this marriage, I'm done with this job, I'm done with all this. It's a struggle, I'm out, peace, right? He's saying, don't get up and leave yet because I have something to tell you. I'm not done talking yet. Verse 11 follows up, for I know the thoughts or I know the plans that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts for good and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. He's saying, I have a plan, God's saying you're going through difficulty, but don't miss this, I have a plan. I have a plan, I I pray you don't miss this, please don't miss this, because there's some things that I promised you, God is saying, before Babylon, that now you are incorrectly assuming, because you're in Babylon, that I can't fulfill those promises anymore. And many of you are suffering defeat, and you're suffering deportation, and you are incorrectly assuming that God is not good for his word anymore. But let me tell you something about our God. Our God is not a man that he should lie, not a man that he should repent. So when God says, I'm gonna do something in your life, he is going to do it. You see, your position in life and and your failures in life have nothing to do with the unchanging word of God in your life, and he can say this because Babylon might have surprised you. You might not have known that you were gonna find yourself in a difficult situation, but God knew. You might not have known that you would have made those mistakes, but God knew. You might not have known that your kids were gonna lose their mind and, and go crazy and cause all sorts of problems in your house, B- but God knew. You might not have known that your business was gonna go on, but God knew. So, so many times we, we can incorrectly assume since I'm in Babylon right now, since I feel defeated right now, God can't accomplish what he said he was going to accomplish, but he says, no, 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 I know the plans I have for you for good and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future, then you will go to me and you will pray and you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with your whole heart. He's saying, I am still going to do the same thing I said I was going to do in your life before Babylon because God told you some promises before Babylon and you might be struggling with them now because you're in a place where you're uncomfortable, but God is saying, get this, get this, Before I told you the promise, I already considered your Babylon. Before I told you the promise of what I was gonna do in your life and how I was gonna bless you, I already knew the struggle that you were gonna go through. But before I already told you the promise of how I was gonna use you, I knew what you were going to lose along the way. I'm still gonna get you there. And the timeline might change, but he's still gonna get you there. And the course of direction might now have a few different rabbit trails, but he's still gonna get you there. He's gonna get you where he promised to get you in the first place, so we have got to get to a place where God, where we are confessing the same thing God is confessing over us, just like the children of Israel where they're like, but we're stuck in captivity, and God says this to his people, this changes nothing. I'm still gonna do my work, this changes nothing. So, so when your job falls apart, you've gotta start preaching to yourself and say, you know what, this changes nothing. And when your kids come home and they're fighting with you, this changes nothing. And when you get in a car accident, this changes nothing. Somebody shout with me, this changes nothing. And if you find yourself discouraged and you find yourself like, I'm just trying to hold myself together, you got to speak it out. This changes nothing. When, when they walk out on you, you got to speak it over yourself. This changes nothing. Put it in the chat right now that this changes nothing. For I know the plans I have for you. See, they're not your plans for you. They're his plans for you. And see, your plans for you can get easily wrecked. A Babylon can crush those plans, but his plans, they're gonna happen no matter what. And the detours along the way, the Babylon type experiences along the way can shock us and cause us to wonder Am I still gonna get there? So here's my question to you before we close today. It's a very simple question to ask, but it's one that we all need to take so serious as believers and it's this. Are you going to allow the calamity of Babylon to stop you from chasing God's plan for your life? Are you going to allow the difficult seasons in your life to stop you from chasing his plan? Because the question is not, can Babylon stop you? The question is, will Babylon cause you to choose to stop? I don't think everyone got that, so I'm gonna say that again. The question is not, Can Babylon stop you? Because it can't. Our God is sovereign and he will do his work. The question is, will you allow your Babylon season to cause you to stop? Let me ask it this way. What did you stop doing because things stopped? What did you stop writing because things stopped? What did you stop believing? because things stopped. What did you stop dreaming? What did you stop chasing after? What what did you stop hoping for because, because things got difficult, because things got ugly, because things don't look the way you wanted to? What did you stop doing because the truth of the matter is Babylon, disappointment, defeat, discouragement, deportation, these things can't stop the children of God. But the enemy tries to use them to get you to go, you know what I wanna do? I think I'm just gonna sit down right here and have my own little pity party. And in my pity party, life continues going. And our God loves you enough to say, you know what? get up and keep walking, keep living life, keep planting gardens, keep marrying your kids off, keep building houses, keep dreaming dreams because this season will end. And when it does, I am gonna come through for you and show you that I was God all along in the midst of that circumstance. Whether or not you felt like I was there, I was there. He knew about your Babylon even though you didn't. I wanna ask everyone to stand to your feet with me. This next week, I I can't just end the message without giving you some good hope and some good prayer because this next week, I wanna talk about what does God do in your life when you're in a season of Babylon? because you might not want to be there, but God uses it for your good. So what does he do? And I want to talk about that this next week. So encourage your friends, be back here. If, you, if you're not here next week, you got half the message. You didn't even get the whole principle of the scripture yet. So you got to come back. But what I want to do right now with everyone, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, no one looking around. If you're listening to this, driving your car later down the road, keep your eyes open, please. We would appreciate that. But, uh, I want, I want to encourage you right now because I, I, I believe God wants to come after some people and encourage people and help people right now. If there are any of you right now that feel like you have been in a Babylon-type season, that you have experienced some defeat, you've experienced some L's, I just want you to put your hand up in the air and keep it up right now because what, we're, what are we doing? Why is this important? We're making a declaration of saying, God, I'm the one that needs this prayer. I'm the one that needs your help. Maybe you feel like you're in a place of deportation. You were once happy, now you're sad. You were once in good relationship, now you're not. You were once in a certain place physically, now you're not. You were once in a certain place where you you were at peace and now you're full of anxiety. If you feel deported, put your hands up. I wanna pray for you today. God, you see us right now and our hands are lifted to you because we recognize that you are God no matter what season we are in. You are God above it all and you see that we feel like we're in a season of defeat right now, that we're in exile, we're in Babylon. Things aren't going the way we want it to, but what we declare and what we proclaim over our lives is what you've said, and that this changes nothing. You're still at work, you're still doing good things. So right now, in Jesus' name, what we pray for is we pray that you would resurrect dreams. The dreams that have died and been buried in our lives, we pray that you would resurrect them again our hope that has been died and buried. We pray that you would resurrect it again. You bring it back to life. We thank you that you're not through with us. We thank you that a bad season does not mean a bad life, that a bad chapter does not mean a bad story, that, that a bad sentence does not finish the entirety of what you want to do in our lives. So God, for each and every person in this room and listening online with our hands lifted to you, saying, God, we need your help. We feel like we have been deported and defeated. We pray that you would come through for us and show us that you don't have to change our circumstances in order to be able to give us victory in our circumstances. So thank you for each and every one of us. I pray by your word that you would comfort us, that we would leave here in peace and joy knowing, God, that you're not done with us. Thank you for your love. And it's in your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Let's give him a shout of praise.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me, to say, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at, prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.